0: This is Cultivate a Good Life episode 105, How to be happy with Hank Smith. Hey everybody. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm laughing. Let me
1: just tell you why I'm laughing. That's
0: great because you know why?
1: What? We're talking about how to be happy today. We sure are. Why does it feel like happiness sometimes is so elusive?
0: That's not why I was laughing. Can I just tell you? I know, I know. but I was tying it I in. Know. Do you see what I did there? I know, and I'm were a fantastic
1: be- podcaster. <laughs> I was tying in your mistake and making it meaningful. It wasn't
0: a mistake. I just, I'm laughing so hard because I'm like, I love that I was going to tell Becky before I hit record, don't oodle all over Hank Smith. We already did that. And then I was laughing because I didn't even have to say it to her because I just was going to hit record and that's what happened anyway. So there you have it. (laughs) Kate, you guys, if You you haven't
1: caught the, caught the gist here. I'm a little fangirly about this is episode. Massively fangirly. Mainly because Hank Smith and the work that he does, which you're gonna hear all about in the episode, mm-hmm. is just really important for our family. Um, he has helped us to connect better with our children, start conversations. Um, Hank Smith is like that thing our family gathers around. And so his work has been very meaningful for us. And so, yes. Yeah, so I'm
0: fangirling. So, and you should you should embrace that fully mm-hmm. as you do. And as you did, as we recorded with them. You're welcome. <laughs> now, let me just give you a quick little uh, fun fact. This is the first time of all 105 episodes that we've ever done that we recorded remotely with Mm -hmm. a guest. We've never done that before. We love and believe in recording in person and that has worked for all of these episodes. And this is Hank was our, Hank was the first, he was the first that we tried this. So yeah, we just, we're so thankful for technology. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm Mm -hmm. just so thankful that in a time when traveling is less and person stuff is less, you know, there are challenges that come with certain logistical things that we can still make it happen. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, we're thankful for technology. And we're thankful for Hank Smith. This dude, if you don't already know him, is gold. And he has so much wisdom to share. You're going to hear all about this. We're so excited about the conversation about happiness during a time when happiness is a little trickier. Feels a little complicated. A little more complicated. Yeah. That's a good way to put it because of the state of the world. Mm-hmm. The state of tricky things happening in our lives, hard things happening within our families, um, just everything, political stuff, like all the things you guys, it's okay to feel happiness, and you can. It's all very possible, and Hank is going to share with us some very, very practical tips on how to do so. But first, a quick word from this week's sponsor. Okay, friends, multiple choice. Which one of these statements describes you best? A, I totally know that documenting my stories and experiences is important, but I haven't really taken much action, if any at all, and I hate that guilty feeling. B, I'm brand new to this idea of documenting and I feel the urge to author my own story, but I feel completely overwhelmed and uncertain about where to even begin. C, I've done a fair amount of documenting in my life, but it feels like I'm missing from my own storytelling. I'm just not getting those most meaningful things recorded. Or D, documenting storytelling, authoring my own story. What are you guys even talking about? Okay, well, we are happy to tell you exactly what we're talking about. This is Becky Higgins speaking, and for 25 years, I've been guiding people through their documenting efforts. I hear your concerns. I see your roadblocks. I feel your frustrations, and I'm here to tell you that we've got your back. Whether you answered A, B, C, or D, It is our absolute pleasure to tell you that there is a brand new online course that we've added to the BH Classroom that is all about how to get started with documenting in a way that is totally easy, totally doable, and totally fun. And you guys this is my favorite part. <laughs> the mini course is totally free. It's called My Modern Story. Be sure to follow along on Instagram today at My Modern Story, and then head to classroom.beckyhiggins.com to grab your free seat in the mini course. Zero cost, zero barriers, zero excuses. This is your time to get your stories told in your voice. Hi there, Hank. Welcome to the show.
2: Hello. I'm so excited to be here. Becky and Becky. It sounds like a radio program in the morning. Like this is Becky oh. and Becky.
0: Ooh, a morning okay did you just about plant that. a seed? Maybe. just <laughs> yeah, saying.
2: You, I'm just saying it could be. It could it would work. It would work for me. I would listen to Becky and Becky in the morning.
0: Heck yeah. <gasps> Becky Squared is what some people call us. Isn't oh, that cute? That is isn't perfect. that fun? How, what do you it what really do you call is.
2: what do you call each other?
0: Uh, well, B-H. it depends on if Becky's in trouble. Uh, if okay. I,
2: oh, <laughs> she, <laughs>
1: I am the troublemaker of the two of us. She does call me Rebecca sometimes. Which if is, she's in trouble, I'll call her Rebecca. Oh, yeah, okay. Allgaier, which is yeah. her maiden name. That means I mean business.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> usually, if someone has my name, it's a dog. So it's not that hard to tell oh, them apart.
0: Yeah, because usually I when I meet Hank another the Hank,
2: there's usually it's someone. This is our dog. Mm-hmm. His name is Hank.
0: Oh, that's funny my <laughs> daughter
1: Lucy feels the same way actually no really oh, Uh huh. because she's no. like everyone only has Lucy's that
0: are dogs
1: <laughs>
2: I can hey, see speaking
0: that of, speaking of Lucy before we have Hank introduce himself I think didn't you have something from your kids for Hank did you want to share okay that?
1: so Hank and if you've listened to the podcast we have mentioned Hank again and again because oh, really? Hank's, nice. oh yes Hank's work is Really, an important part of our family. Yep. We have every single CD that you've ever done, oh. every book, and it is a Hank Smith is a family tradition in our house, truly. And um, so, a lot, yesterday it was Sunday, and we were hiking after church. We pack in our car and go find a place in the wilderness. It's what we do, and of course, we were listening to Hank CDs as we oh. do. And on the way home, we ate dinner, or we got home, we ate dinner, and. Um, we were just talking about you. The kids were super impressed with me. I mean, we've interviewed a lot of really yeah, people that are much, much more, uh, I guess, famous than I or Becky ever will be. Like, just really impressive people. The fact that we're interviewing you has really... Um, raised my street cred like 10 times in my house (laughs) my children have never have never really asked to like come to a recording until today which they had to anyway so we were talking and at dinner we were like well I said you guys can't come like that I have to draw a line of professionalism here and he said the kids were like well can we write him a message and tell him all of our favorite things about him and when they said that I had that stirring in my heart where I was like you know, that thing we talk about never suppress a generous thought. Mm-hmm. And so each of my children, and I'm going to read this to you, and they're going to make you blush because they're super thoughtful. Oh. I was very impressed with this my children so that these words came out of their mouths. <laughs> um, of each of my children and what they love about Hank Smith. And this will kind of... I think it's a good introduction to the the work that Hank does and what his work means to our family Mm. and to a lot of people. I love this. Okay. So my oldest is Weston. He's 15. He said, every time we get in the car to go on a road trip, I ask my mom to put on one of your CDs. High school has been rough in a lot of ways, and I always feel like I'm not alone when I listen to your CDs. Unconquerable is my favorite because listening to the story of Ernest Shackleton, I realize how capable I am of doing really hard things. You've made the gospel a lot more understandable and relatable for me because I understand more. I'm able to feel hope and know how much my heavenly father knows and loves me. My goodness. Ugh. He's 15. So he's a really good writer. He's a good wow. writer. Wow. He is. And he, yeah, he really super loves that's you. That's so awesome. Oh, yeah. that's that a means testament so
0: much to, to me. Yeah. Oh, it just keeps going. Let's go to Lucy. Okay, Lucy...
1: (laughs) Well, I'll actually do Jameson. Jameson is my... He just barely turned 14 Mm -hmm. a few days ago. He said, my name is Jameson, and I just turned 14. I have ADHD... And though I don't see it as a flaw, and then he said, actually, I'm proud of who I am. Mm. It can be really hard to push through bad situations and suppress tempt- temptations that are in the world. I love the five temptation killers. I have listened to Aww. it. He says 325,600 times. <laughs> Very specific. <memory. laughs> wow. He said, it is so funny and I can use my imagination to see all the different stories you tell us, especially about Eglon and Ehud, which yeah. is a super funny story. If you've ever listened, mm. the story of Joseph really inspires me to be even more positive than I already am, and make every living moment of my life the best it can be. Mm. That's wow! So cool. my, my Mother's goodness. Day cards not look like these this. I know. No. I was going to say these <laughs> right?
2: are these, these, is, so articulate. I'm telling
1: you, yeah, I'm telling right? you, my kids like you are the epitome of mm. cool to this them. This is so
0: great for an introduction. Keep it's, going. Okay, this so is, is, Lucy, this.
1: who's 11, she said. Lucy's is very honest, which is very much like my 11-year-old. Usually when my parents get us in the car all together, it's because they're forcing us to go on a hike, which I usually <laughs> don't want to go on. True. The one good thing is that we always listen to your CDs. Running Down Your Dreams is my favorite, maybe because it has so many things that help me on those hikes, in the talk, you speak about the treadmill being torture, and I feel the same way about hiking. <laughs> but when I listen to how you made the feeling of hating the treadmill become the start of an opportunity, I feel like I want to do the same thing too. Even though I have to try so hard at the start of every hike to not complain, I'm making it my goal to hike Mount Hood with my dad.
0: Oh, so cool. My
1: and then Caroline, who's seven, who is just... This is great. Totally has a crush on, <laughs> on Hank. It's pretty cute. Hers is very short. She said, I love all the CDs. They make me feel happy and teach me about Jesus. Oh. oh. <laughs> That's
0: it. That's it. You right? guys,
1: that is kind of like oh. such a such a good wraparound of exactly the work that Hank does. He is a speaker, an author. Um, he is a teacher. Mm. And he your work is extraordinary. And the things you're doing to help... Parents and kids and every single person just really impresses the heck out of me because you, you have made a big difference in our family.
0: I think Caroline summed it up best. Um, he helps her to feel happy mm-hmm. and feel Jesus. I mean, that. let's just sum up Hank Smith in a nutshell, right? Oh,
2: you guys, <laughs> I didn't... Man, if I ever need social validation, I'm coming back uh, to this <laughs> right? to this podcast. We yeah. hope you would. Yeah. So yeah. now,
0: you know, with all of that, we don't mean to make you blush and put all that attention on you, but, um, <clears throat> but we did want to shine light, especially for our listeners, to understand... The relevance of you in our lives. And Becky, that was all from her family, but you have definitely touched millions, not just our families, but this is, this is your life's work and we appreciate you so much for it. And we'd love for you to introduce yourself to those of our listeners who are less familiar. Many of them sure, will sure. know you, but for those of them who do not, who is Hank Smith?
2: Oh, you are so kind. Yeah. That, that really means so much to me. You know, um, uh, someone I, I I went and uh, spoke last night to a church group, and uh, they were you know safely apart from each other with their masks on, which was kind of hard because uh, mm-hmm. I can't see them smiling. But uh, so you know, uh, I'll frequently get someone who says, you know, I fall asleep to your voice every night, and, I, oh. and some people <laughs> some people would think, you know, is that do we, do you feel bad about that? <laughs> and, at first, I you know when I when I first started hearing that, I I, I was like, oh oh okay. Uh, That's, uh, that's odd. Uh, But uh, after, you know, after hearing it for so many times for so many years, I think it's quite a compliment, actually, because what what this little, you know, seven year old like Caroline is saying is, um, I feel safe, you know, I feel safe, I feel comfort, and I can calm down. And I, mm-hmm. just, mm-hmm. you know, and I can just, you know, I can just rest and listen. Uh, and to, so to every time I hear it now, I just think, hey, you know, that's, you know, to to have a child say, I like your voice. It helps me be calm. To me, that's, that's quite a compliment. Uh, so
0: huge compliment. Yeah. Mm, love so,
2: that. Yeah. It, mean, it means a lot to me. So tell those kids how, how much I love them, please. Uh, yeah. Just tell them I love them and that I'm grateful that they take time for me <laughs> and that they listen. I can't get my own kids to do that, but. Uh,
1: <laughs> you know what? Funny story. I can't get my kids to listen to me. I know. So no. take your, you take care of like my yeah. kids. I'll take care of your kids. I think yeah. that that's a good, good system. Some
2: of Yeah. Some of your, uh, some of your listeners might know who John, by the way, is we are pretty close friends and we often say, you know, my kids listen to him and his kids listen to me. Yeah. Uh, and we're just mm. kind of, we say the exact same things. It's just a different person saying it. Uh, so yeah. it, and it's,
0: Becky and I can relate to that. Yep. We te- oh, for sure. We teach and coach and guide each other's children when mm-hmm. they listen better to to the other person yep. yeah <laughs> so. and,
2: and we've got to be okay with that as parents we've got to be okay with that that hey yeah. you know sometimes it's got to you come from a different voice and that's okay
0: I think
1: the value um, of hearing from another adult who's not your parent that you're exceptional, that you're amazing, that they see worth in you is sometimes so much more impactful because much like the way we do with God sometimes is when a parent or God or someone who's quote supposed to love you um, says those things, I think we like to discredit them immediately saying like, well, you have to feel that. You have to say that. You're God. Right. You have to say that. You're my parents. And when they hear it from someone else, the impact of that is so much greater, which is why as human beings, we need to be looking for those opportunities Absolutely. outside of ourselves, Absolutely. outside of our families to become the aunties and uncles to every children. Every children, every right. child that we that we come in contact with,
2: as a parent, you cannot see that as a threat. You have to say mm-hmm. that is wonderful. I'm so glad. You mm-hmm. know, in your mind, you can say, "I've said that to you a thousand times, right?" Uh, right. But in out, out of your mouth comes, "That is wonderful. I'm so glad you learned that from him or her, whoever you know, whoever mm-hmm. it was." Uh, because that, we're not after the, the parents cannot be after the idea of I want to be the shining star in your life, right? It has to be I want you totally. to succeed. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, yeah. if, if whatever helps you get to the you know, be ha- happiness and success, uh, whoever it is, I'm, I'm happy for you. And so I, I feel that same way. So I'm really grateful. Just, yeah, please tell your kids how grateful I am. I didn't think anybody would listen to me besides my mother. So I'm really grateful <laughs> to hear when somebody does. Well, yeah. so let's talk about happiness. Um, yeah. I, I, I want to. Um, I want to start, uh, so I wrote a book on happiness. Uh, it sold dozens of copies, uh, mostly to my mother
1: Uh, (laughs) and my children. Yes. Yeah. So, uh,
2: but I, it was fun to, uh, it was fun to do the, to, to, to do the the book, to write the book, because I got to read a, a lot of, you know, research on happiness and human happiness and how it works. And probably the biggest myth I saw Is that happiness, uh, the idea that happiness is a choice, right? That we always say that happiness is a choice. And that's just, it's just not true. Uh, I always tell people if happiness was a choice, uh, put your shoes on the wrong feet, right? Like swap your, put your left foot left shoe you, left you on your right foot and, you know, vice versa, and then try running a marathon. Tell me if happiness is a choice, right? Mm. Uh, it, it's, it's not a choice. It's a result of choices. Happiness is a result of a lot of little choices that we make. Um, mm. Let me give you an example. So one of the most fascinating studies I read was uh, on paraplegics and lottery winners. It was in the late 70s, a big study. They wanted to find out who was happier. Paraplegics or lottery winners. This should not be a difficult question, right? Right. um if you had to choose one would you choose millions of dollars or choose to lose the use of your legs right this is, right. but they right. uh, yeah. they wanted to see who's happier so uh they did long interviews followed them for 18 months um and they found that their happiness levels were the exact same now hmm. that should be that you should you should you know automatically think to yourself no way that can't be true if i won millions of dollars i would i'd never be unhappy right i would have all my problems fixed well you wouldn't. Uh, And if you lost the use of your legs, you would think I'll never be happy again. But these people were, their happiness levels were the exact same. So if if happiness isn't something that happens to me, what is it? Where does it come from? Well, it turns out happiness is the result of a lot of tiny little choices that we make. Um, Think of a painting, like the most valuable painting that's in the United States is uh, the uh, Starry Night. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yes. But absolutely. Star- yep, Starry Night. Uh, it's at the Met in New York, and apparently, people just go stare at it for hours. They just, I don't, I don't know. They just want to glean from its talent, I guess. So, I read an article once where an art student wanted to count the brushstrokes in Starry Night. Because if you look at it from a distance, you can almost, you know, you remember how, if you can see the yeah. Van Gogh painting in your mind, you can kind of see the brushstrokes, right? Uh, and so she decided to take a replica, not the original, luckily, and cut it up into pieces and try to count the brushstrokes. And what she realized wow. is what she thought were tens of thousands were actually hundreds of thousands of brushstrokes. Uh, now, here's, the, here's what she found. Um number one she couldn't count them all two she said there was not a single brush stroke that in isolation was very impressive does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like you wouldn't mm-hmm. find a, a brushstroke and go, that was it. That was the one that made it the most valuable painting in the world, right? Before that, mm-hmm. it was nothing. Now, right? It's all of them put together. Uh, so uh, you could also think of it like snowflakes, right? One snowflake is not very powerful, but if you get millions and millions of them together, they, mm-hmm. they you know, can change mountains, right? So... Um, Happiness is the same way. It's the result of tiny little, what I call brushstrokes, or you might say, you know, tiny little flakes, you know, snowflakes, whatever you want to, whatever you want to do. This idea of small things done over and over and over may have great impact. Uh, so basically that was the premise of the book. Um, is the idea of what are the little things that make people happy? And so usually, you know, if I'm going to go out and speak to a group on happiness, I'll say, what do you think they are? What do you think are the little things that people do that result in abundant happiness? Uh, and you'll get all sorts of things like, uh, they shop a lot. You know, some people will say that, um, they, they're grateful, they smile, uh, so I want to share with you uh, Becky and Becky. Uh, I love that I, Becky and Becky in the morning. Um, <laughs> I want to share back, with you. Yes. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you the 12 little things that people mm. do um, that if they do them consistently over a long period of time, it will make them uh, significantly happier. Uh, so, it. yeah. So, and I bet you already can guess number one because you, it looks like the two of you do it really well. Um, the number one uh, the number one practice or habit that happy people do is always number one uh, across every study. And it is happy people have happy friends. Uh, mm. It it makes us who you spend your time with makes a significant mm-hmm. difference. So I can see why you two are happy. Uh, you know, take a take a look yeah. at the person next to you. If that person mm, is happy. So true. Odds are you're happy. Now this doesn't mean we kick people out of our family, right? We're not like, well, he's unhappy, so he's got to go. Uh, it just means that if we take a look at the five, you know, five people we spend our most time with, we might think, well, that's going to have impact on me after a while. I better include some happy people in my life, spending time with happy people. Right. Uh, and there's, there's nothing wrong with taking time, for yourself saying, I need to spend time with someone who makes me happy, who, you know, I feel really Mm -hmm. good around. Uh, so, so there's nothing wrong with adding more happy people to your life, right? Don't kick unhappy people out of your life. That's, that's not what we do, but spend time with happy people and it will have impact over, over time. Now you can't say, well, I'm going to spend an hour with, you know, my friend, Kevin. Oh, look, I'm not any happier that that's, that's not what we're talking about, right? It's, it's over time. It's a, it's a small little, brushstroke, uh, isolation. It might not look all all impressive all by itself, but do that over and over and over. And it will start to have impact. I can, with my teenagers, I can tell who they've been with by how their attitude is Mm -hmm. when they, when they get home. 100%. Uh, Yeah. Because I, you know, I, I, if they come home kind of grumpy and grouchy and I'm like, I know who you were with. Right. Because it just, it will kind of that attitude. It's like being, it's kind of like marinade, right? Um, You marinate in, in happiness when someone's around you, 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 it kind of, you absorb how they're feeling. All right. So let's go quickly here. Uh, The second one is uh, that happy people uh, they found through the research is that happy people try to be happy. Uh, They make an effort to be happy. So when they wake up in the morning, they smile. Uh, They might not feel like smiling, but they smile. Um, When they don't feel so happy, they think about happy things. Uh, So, you know, anybody can do this. Think of something that makes you happy, whatever it is, maybe your kids, people, falling, whatever, <laughs> whatever makes you happy. <laughs> if you think about that, um, it, I, the brain is interesting. It will respond. With, you know, happiness happens right above your left eye in this happiness center of your brain. Um, And uh, the brain will respond really well to happy thoughts. So if you start to think about things that make you happy, uh, that brain will respond with all those happy chemicals. Uh, The problem is we spend a lot of time thinking about things that are unhappy, right? We we read Mm -hmm. the news. Uh, We think about the future and we start to predict how terrible it's going to be. And our brain responds Mm -hmm. with, you know, so, um, so I would encourage people to just give it a try. Take two minutes. It really, it's about as long as it takes. Take two minutes to just really focus on happy things and your brain will start to respond. It's powerful. All right. I think Um, one
1: of the, I have one, a question with that number two. So trying to be happy. um, I think one of the things as we um, coach and talk to women that has been really tricky is they don't even know what makes them happy anymore. mm. And so I think taking time to like try a bunch of different silly things. Hmm. Might be a valuable practice because I think sometimes we get in these patterns and we're like, well, this is supposed to make me happy, but it might not actually be the thing that like is, is bringing you tons of joy. And so oh. it might, it might take a minute of trying different things to figure out really what brings you that like silly, mm-hmm. fun, playful, happy energy that you're really looking for.
2: It's almost like you, I paid you to do this because you you lead us right into number three. Number three is happy people use what I call their signature strengths often. And we call them signature strengths uh, because everybody's signature is different. Right. So your signature strengths are those things that you could sit down or that you could do. uh, And it just fills you with energy. It fills you with you just feel good when you're done. And it's different for everyone. So, for example, for uh, my wife, she can sit at the piano and play the piano for an hour. And when she's done, she feels so good. Right. That is not me. I sit down at the piano and I just, I, 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 why doesn't it do what I ask it to do? Right. Like, why doesn't it sound good? It just does. But if I can go, if I can go cycling for an hour, if I can go, you know, grab my bike and go cycling for an hour, I get done and I feel energized. I feel better for some people. It's cooking for some people. It's art for some people. It's playing the guitar. It's whatever it is. And you, Becky was right there. You have to find that those things for yourself. Uh, It's interesting with women. Uh, because some women spending time with children fills them with energy. It fills them with light and they love it. They could do it forever. But some women, it's not that it, that's not their, that's not their signature strength. Right. And they start to feel guilty about that. Like I should be happier with mm-hmm. my children. Yes, yeah, sure. No, no, no. It's, it's it, for some people it's, I need to have time away, you know, You know, doing something, doing something else that has nothing to do with my kids. And that's a signature strength. And if you do that, uh, you're going to be a better parent. Um, If you take the time to do it, you can't really draw water from an empty well, right? And so you need to take time to fill fill, you know, your life with those things that you love. Now you can, you can go overboard. Sometimes my wife says, how much signature strength time do you need exactly? Right. Cause I'm like, well, I need to go cycling for, you know, eight or nine hours. I need to be out there. She's like, oh, that that's, amazing. yeah, that's a little much. That's a little much. So, yeah. uh, but we do need to take time for them. I find that when I ask people, you know, when's the last time you took time for your signature strength. Those things get kicked out of the schedule pretty quick Yes, uh, they do mm-hmm. because there's, they seem so discretionary, right? Like, Oh, I've got so many other things I got to do. I can put that one off. It's not vital, uh, that I do that, but actually it is kind of vital, uh, that you do that. So, um, get back to your signature strengths. Uh, you know, some people that I've talked to haven't painted in a decade and they love painting. But they haven't painted in a decade, and I ask them why. Well, I just don't have time. And we're gonna say we're gonna make time. We're gonna we're mm-hmm. gonna make time for this to happen, or exercise, or whatever it is that's your signature strength. And you might have to wander around a little bit, like you said, do silly things, go figure out what what it is. Um, my brother-in-law just found out he loves, what's this new thing? Pickleball. He pickleball. loves yeah. it. Uh, and you wouldn't look, you know, looking at the guy, you wouldn't look that he doesn't look like a pickleball player, but, uh, <laughs> he tried it out and he's like, it is so fun. I love it. Yeah. I go, you know, I go play with these people down the street and we have a great time. And I just feel so good after an hour playing pickleball. So you get you have to try those things um, That's awesome. and, yeah, and try have- to find them. Okay. Let's go to yeah, number four. Happy mm-hmm. people spend money, but it's always on other people. I know this one's the one that most people don't love. Uh, mm-hmm. Happy people spend money on other people. So this, is, uh, this mm-hmm. research has I'm been done. At like I'm so
1: happy, back. <laughs> yeah. I am so happy and so good at spending money yeah, on other yeah. people. Yeah. So
2: the, the, the funniest research is they'll take, um, they do this on college campuses a lot. They'll take someone and say, hey, do you have time to you know, be part of our study? And they'll say, sure. And they'll give them $40 and they'll say, in an hour, you have to spend this on someone you love or they'll say to another group in an hour, you have to spend this on yourself. And then they come back and they fill out a little survey and embedded in the survey is some happiness questions. They don't know they're taking a happiness survey because it's kind of embedded. Uh, And uh, then they'll be done, right? Oh, like great. You know, I get $40 for an hour. Sure. I'll do it Uh, off the charts. Guess who's happier? Those who bought for someone else. Every single time. And you would think that's not the case, but it's funny. The people who bought for themselves almost regret being part of the study because they're like, Oh, I only had an hour. I, I, I didn't buy what I really wanted. Now I'm mad. Right. I wish Hmm. I wouldn't even have done this. (laughs) You're going, you got a $40 thing. Why aren't you happy? Uh, because it, but when they bought for someone else, they have this anticipation of giving it to them. And they're so excited to, you know, to, you know, just, just hand it over to them. Like, here you go. So now don't spend money. You don't have. I always tell people it's not about spending money you don't have. That's not going to help because it's not
1: to get unhappy real. quick. Yeah.
2: And it doesn't, the amount isn't what makes a difference. It's, you know, if they do the study with $200 versus $20, it doesn't seem to make a difference. Uh, It's just the idea of I'm going to go buy something for somebody else. Uh, So Mm -hmm. try it. I I tell people all the time, if you have a, you know, if you're on your way home from work, pick up something for uh, whoever's at home right? Either a spouse, uh, you know, a a child, whoever, you know, a parent, pick up something for them on the way home and see what that does. See if it makes a difference to you. Um, My son did this the other day. He's just 13, saw that his sister was really upset. So I saw him jump on his bike. He rode, you know, the two miles to the store from our house, came back with her favorite treat and slid it under her door and said, hope you have a better day. Right. Uh, And it was, yeah, it it was him. uh, And he felt so good. You could tell he was kind of beaming. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, and he felt really good about himself and she felt really good. She's like, Oh, you know, some, somebody cares. Uh, so give this a try. Just give it a try. It's a small thing, but after a while of impact. All right, let's do number five. Mm. Well, I, I could it. talk, I could talk for a long time about each of these. You could tell. I know. All oh, right. It's
0: almost as if you well. should write a book. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> number, <laughs> ten
2: ten. number five, number five is happy people have in-person conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, now, can you see what's happened over the last four months with this quarantine yeah. as right. people mm-hmm. have less and less personal contact with others? And you know, we got to do it. We got to remain distant from each other. Uh, I get that, but you can see it's having impact. Um, people need that face-to-face communication. Um, and there's nothing wrong with texting. There's nothing wrong with emailing. I think we set this entire interview up by text and email and, Mm -hmm. you know, and Mm -hmm. it's totally efficient, totally fine. But, uh, in our relationships, we need to be face-to-face. Uh, so that means instead of emailing your sister or texting your sister, you're like, let's go to lunch right? Uh, Let's go sit down and and talk to each other. Um, When my sister, I have a sister uh, who uh, I'm close to, whenever we see each other, we could talk forever. Do you have anyone in your life that you could just talk to forever? ever. Right. You, it just keeps going, going. Every
1: time Becky and yep. I are in the same room or yep. on a have you ever been, have
2: you ever been to a restaurant and people you eat and then you just keep talking and keep talking and keep talking pretty soon. Yeah. The waitress comes over and says, yep. Hey, we're closing up. And you're like, Oh really? I'm so <laughs> Anything sorry.
1: else you need. Right. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I'm so sorry. And then, then you stand up to move, you go about 20 feet and you keep talking at, you know, and pretty soon you're just, you're, you're see it, there's that connection that really does a lot for, uh, for happiness. Uh, and you can see that teenagers don't get a lot of that these days. Uh, mm. It's a lot of you know texting. It's a lot of you know uh, you know maybe a little FaceTime here and there. So um, I would I encourage my teenage friends to you know talk face to face with someone, uh, whether it be your parents or your good friends or whoever, but sit down and talk face to face. And they have a hard time with that, right? Sometimes they're uncomfortable with it. They're like, really a real person. You want me to talk to them? Uh, yeah, I want you to give it a try, but they love it. By the time they're done, they're like, Oh, that was so fun. We just talked forever. All right. Uh, let's go to number six. Uh, we're halfway through after this one, happy people laugh. Now this might be, you might be thinking, "Well, of course that's pretty obvious. Uh, but Mm -hmm. Did you know that children on average laugh 300 times a day, 300 times a day, adults, is fifteen, not fifty. Fifteen. What happened, right? What happens mm. when you're a child to an adult? You just stop laughing. I think it's the mortgage. I don't know. You just stop. It's the right. mortgage. Yeah. You just stop laughing. <laughs> in I'll <the> ask. News. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I'll ask adults. What do you watch right. on TV? And so often it's drama, right? I have mm. to. Someone dies in the beginning, and then they figure it out for the next forty-five minutes. Who did it, right? <laughs> and I watch it every night. And every night, I bet they're going to figure out just like they did last night. Uh, who <laughs> (laughs) kill that person, right? And I'm saying, why not try the comedy? Now, you know, I I think we're a little, uh, some of us who are, uh, you know, uh, a Christian, God-fearing people, we we fear comedy a little bit because it gets crude. Uh, And we're like, well, it's probably going to be crude. So let's go over here and Mm -hmm. and not look at that crude thing. But uh, there's plenty of of people out there that are offering non-crude comedy. If you have ever heard of dry bar comedy, uh, these guys on YouTube are really trying to make, uh, trying to make clean comedy and it 's really good there's other That's comedians awesome. out there uh, there's other shows out there you just have to do a, be a little creative find the ones that are clean and funny and you 'll see over time it will make a difference in the way you feel um, and sometimes you just you know you gotta you gotta find the humor in situations right find the way to laugh at something and it 's okay to laugh let um, I remember one of my heroes, his name is Joseph Worthland. You guys probably know who that is, Joseph mm-hmm. uh religious leader in the, in the country for a long time. And he told the funniest story about one of his daughters um, uh, on a blind date. Uh, a man shows up at the house uh, to ask her, you know, uh, there to... to- it, who she thought was her blind date. He said, we all watched him go get in the car. And about five minutes later, she came running back to the house. And the man she thought was her blind date was actually had come to pick up his other daughter, uh, to babysit. Uh, and oh. he said, we laughed so hard about that. Like he said, we, I, he said when her real date showed up, I couldn't come out to meet him because I was still in my bedroom laughing. Right. Um, and, and she said, he said, our daughter laughed right along with us. Can you imagine? Imagine that conversation when you get in the car, he thinks he's picking up the babysitter. You think you're going on a date, right? Like, uh, man, uh, yeah, where awkward. are we going to go? We're going to go to my house. Really? Why are we going to your house? That's where the awkward. kids are. You have kids, yeah. right? I mean, it's just be, I think, I think somebody's on the wrong page here. Uh, so happy people laugh, take time to laugh and, and insert that into your life. Lots of things that'll make you laugh. All right. Number seven, I bet a lot of your listeners already do, but happy people use music. Happy people Mm -hmm. use music to make themselves happier. You got to have a happy playlist. Right. You've got to have, um, you've got to have uh, some certain go-to songs that make you happy. I was talking to Alex Boyer the other day. I bet you know who Alex is. Uh, and I he said, Alex. I have, he says he has his Jesus playlist, right? Yes, he has a Jesus playlist it. and he can, he can tell Alexa play my Jesus playlist, right? Or, or whatever. It's just, we've got to have that. his
0: own music is on that. Yeah. Playlist.
2: He probably, yeah. yeah. He, he sings to his, his own voice. Um, yeah. but you've got to have that. And it, you know, it might feel like a small thing. But it will make a difference. And I've told people instead of listening to angry talk radio on your commute, try mm-hmm. listening to a happy playlist just for a week instead of listening to, mm-hmm. you know, uh, because some of those people on, you know, talk radio were pretty angry souls and there's nothing wrong with, you know, listening to them and being informed. I have no problem with that, but just, you know, uh, every once in a while, swap it out for a happy playlist and see if it doesn't make a difference in the way you feel, um, again, it's a something small. Don't listen to one happy song and go, see Hank, I'm not any happier. You were wrong. It's no, it's, it's, you know, it's a brushstroke. Uh, but yes, after a while, after a while, it makes, it makes a significant difference. In fact, um, did you know that if you want your children to fight less, uh, play classical music? in your house.
0: Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. There's something about it. They, yeah, won't they won't even know. They won't
2: even know that they're being calmed down, uh, you know, just in the <laughs> that side. That's
0: kind of trick. Right. <laughs>
2: uh, because classical music does something to the brain. It just starts to kind yeah. of create these, these good feelings.
0: All right. And it encourages intelligence
1: by the way. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I Absolutely. wanted to say something. So I have a, I have a happy playlist. It has six songs on it. And I originated this playlist because going back to my 11 year old's comments, at times, I know this might shock you, just to the core, my children deeply complain and get very obnoxious on hikes if they're like longer that's, than five miles. That's and really shocking. There.
2: Longer than five with, miles. I, I thought you were going right? to say five minutes because that's when my so kids no, no, are complaining.
1: We, we get serious You're crazy in our there, family. Prophet. But um, anyway, and with four kids, I mean, let's be honest, someone's always upset at something. <laughs> right. And so I created this playlist so that when the kids got like really extra saucy on a hike, I could put in my AirPods. And have six songs, and they wouldn't know I was ignoring them, and I was (laughs) uplifting myself. The funny thing, though, is about this playlist, which I've probably played, I mean, gosh, 50 times. Mm. Now when I put it on, just in those first few notes of that first song, my entire disposition changes. You can feel it. Because I've like trained my body to yep. like, you listen to this song, you're going to have all the good feelings. Mm, yep. And good so point. my kids know, and and if they see me with my AirPods and I'll just hand them one, if they're particularly being obnoxious and they'll put it in their ear. And it's kind of our secret, our secret code for, for like an emotional reset. I love yeah. an
0: emotional reset. That's so good. Mm, and, good and, and you might not, and not know.
2: What's interesting about all the things we've talked about is you might not even think about these things during the day, right? The things we think is going to make us happy is something big, right? Oh, if I could just win a million dollars, then I'd be happy. Oh, if I could lose 40 pounds, I'd be happy. And we haven't talked to anything about money or weight or anything like that because that's not what makes people happy. It's these tiny little habits that we do every single day over time that make people significantly happy. People ask me all the time, how are you so happy? Right. And I might say, well, it's God. And, and it is, it, it is God, but it w- I wouldn't be happy if I didn't do any of these little things and I just believed in God, right? If I, I believed in God, but I never yeah. had happy friends. I didn't use my signature strengths. I didn't talk to people. Faith is powerful, but it, our faith can lead us to do some of these small things Right to have yes. faith that that God has given us, you know, music and friends. He he could have put us on Earth all by ourselves, right? He could have said, "I want you to go, you know, and uh, and have this Earth experience all by yourself," right? But he wants us to be together mm-hmm. for some reason. Uh, he mm-hmm. wants us to be talking. He want and each of us have different gifts. Have you noticed? We all have different gifts, and totally. uh, he wants us to use those gifts to you know, bless each other and help each other. Um, we can complement each other really well. Okay. Number eight is that happy people, uh, seem to always have something they're looking forward to. It's kind of small, but it's, it's just out there. Um, sometimes it's a vacation, right? Like in, oh, four months, we're going to go and go on a road trip to whatever. Uh, or next week, I'm going to go to lunch with my sister. I'm excited. They always just put something on the calendar out there to, to look forward to. It's, it doesn't, again, doesn't have to be big and expensive. That's sometimes what we mm-hmm. think of first is, oh, okay, I've got to get my trip to Paris. No, right? It can be a, a trip to, to Salt Lake City, right? Uh, which is, <laughs> you know, what, a half hour away from me. Um, but I, yeah. but I put it on the calendar and I'm, you know, you know I have it out there, uh, or uh, you know, for people who are married, have a, a little date night and and you know plan ahead and say, okay, what are we going to do this next Thursday? All right, let's let's go drive out to that city we've never seen. My wife and I did this the other day. We drove out to a little city in Utah called Eureka. We have never been there before. We'd heard of it. I'm like, let's go see it. So we put it on the calendar. Go see Eureka, and it was kind of fun to have that on the list for the you know I was looking forward to it. We went out. We had a great time. We found an old. There, we had a great uh, experience, and then you know, we put something else on the calendar. So, have something out there to look forward to. All right, um, can I just interject yeah. one
0: little small thing? Is, Please. Uh, because I think a lot of us are going to be thinking about kind of that more excursion based experience, which I love, and I totally mm-hmm. relate to that. I I just wanted to share one small thing that I do in my life that's an everyday thing is every day I literally look forward to writing. I look forward to um, using, we have a Project Life app where I document and every day I know I'm going to be using the app and documenting a story from my life or uh, an experience or whatever. And that one small, we're talking five, 10 minutes of my time, that one small thing is something that I genuinely look forward to every single day. So it doesn't have to be excursion based. I know right. that you know that. And I know our listener knows that, but I wanted to illustrate with one small example from my personal life. And I want you guys as listeners, I want you to be thinking about that small thing in your daily existence. That is something every day you can look forward to.
2: That's perfect. I read Harry Potter to my two, I have twin boys who are seven and I read to them a chapter of Harry Potter every night. I do all the voices. Mm. I've got all, love you know, it. I have done it with all my yep. kids. I have all the voices down and mm. they love it. And I love it. Like I look forward to that every single day. In fact, That's just so right cool. now, I, yeah. I was like, what do I look forward to today? And I thought, oh, how fun. And we're going to go read, you know, Harry Potter yeah. tonight. And they just are staring at me with big mm. wide eyes because I do crazy Aww. voices. They don't like it when their mom does It because she just reads in her normal voice uh and they're like no 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 no, you you gotta have dad dad has all the different voices right uh and well and have
1: you seen like the um so we're actually celebrating harry potter in our house right now too because you know earlier this week was harry potter's birthday kind of a big deal for us right and that was one way that like if you haven't noticed like it's national donut day or so i think like Mm. national guacamole day was last week these totally random like minuscule holidays that people put all over the internet have been so fun in our house because if I see it's national donut day I'm gonna get donuts just because I don't know because it'll excite my kids and it's a fun little celebration right. not
0: spending money on me. Cause you can bring me some and then you're even yeah. happier <laughs> Boom. and, Two and, and, with and make stem. sure you
2: put it, make sure you put it on the calendar so people can see it and go, Oh, I'm so looking fun. forward to that. That's going to be, that's going to be so much fun. Uh, what mm-hmm. we put, we put, you know, my kids and I, and my wife, we have what's called their special day every month there on the day of their birthday. So let's say my daughter's born on February 20th, the 20th of every month is called her special day. And she, mm. we, we go out Uh, either she goes with me or my wife or both of us and we go do something. Uh, we go do something. She chooses
0: so good and it's just, it's
2: just 12 times a year, but they always look forward. They have it on the calendar and they're like, Oh, for my special day this month, I want to go bowling for my special day. Let's just go up and get ice cream and go sit somewhere. Right. Uh, you know, my other boys, my little boys are like, can we play Legos? right for our special yeah. day. Cause they're twins. So they're like, we play Legos together. Um, and it's on the calendar and they love that their special day is coming. Um, and it's yeah, a good it's,
1: tradition. I love right. that. And it, it's not so a so big, inspired. big
2: thing, but it is, uh, it's fun to have out there. All right. Uh, let's keep going. Uh, number nine, most people hate, and I hate it too, but this is important. Happy people exercise <laughs> and eat well. Uh, it's mm. it's so, it's small, but oh goodness, it matters. Um, now, some people will hear me say that, exercise and eat well, and they'll say, well, of course they're happy, they're skinny. No, that's not <laughs> what this is about. It has nothing to right. do with weight, shape, size, anything like that. Um, in fact, it, if you look at the research, people who exercise and lose zero weight and don't change sizes at all are still end up happier uh, than those yeah. who don't exercise. There's just something about getting your heart rate up that really affects your brain. Obviously everybody knows this. In fact, um, uh, it's exercise has been shown to do more for, um, to do more for depression than antidepressants. Now I'm not saying get off your antidepressants and go exercise. That's don't do that. Uh, but, um, add exercise to your life. Now, so, so often when we think exercise, we think, oh, I just don't have time to run a marathon. We're not running marathons. It's just the idea of go for a 20 minute walk at night, right? Um, Go, uh, you know, go uh, pick up a a sport that you enjoy. If you don't like running, don't run. Uh, If you, yeah, you've got to
0: find the thing that you love. Yeah.
2: Then it's torture. But if if you find something you, you love, if you find a class, you know, a spin class or a, Z- a Zumba class, whatever that you love, uh, then that's going to be part of your signature strengths and you're getting exercise. Um, and some of us, and if your listeners are, there's going to be some included here. Uh, I'm going to say two things. Number one, that cap- that much caffeine can't be good for you. And two, you can't drink diet Coke like it's water. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's, it, it, I'm, and Somebody I'm not
0: had to say it, Hank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm
2: not anti diet Coke. I have a diet Coke, you know, uh, frequently, uh, but sometimes it becomes a numbing mechanism 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 for us where Mm. it just becomes kind of a crutch. Uh, and we don't, we want it to be a a happy thing, not a crutch. Right. Um, I'll give you one example. I teach over a little university here in Provo and, uh, one of my students, uh, came to me and she said, I am really, really struggling. Um, uh, and I said, well, you know, have you, if you, if you've been struggling before, you know, depression or anxiety. And she said, no, just since I got to college. And I said, well, you know, college does that to people. Uh, so does (laughs) Brovo. Uh, but we started, I said, tell me as we, we walked through our, you know, some of these things. And of course I wanted her to talk to her parents. You know, if any teenager out there, uh, who is struggling, any young adult who's struggling with depression, uh, needs to talk to someone. Um, now don't get me wrong. Three days of depression. Three days of sadness is not depression. That's called life. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's going to happen to everybody. But if your sadness is going on and on, if you're waking up sad and going to bed sad, every single day for weeks, that's an indication there's a problem. I don't know. You guys look younger than me, but I don't know. When I graduated from high school in 1990s, it was a great time to be alive. Um, And guess how many people uh, in high school struggled with mental illness? The year I graduated is 1996. It was one out of 20 to one out of 25. That's how many people, you know, young adults struggled with mental illness. We didn't talk about depression. I don't know if you guys remember. It was not a big topic. We didn't talk about yeah, it. Yeah, um, definitely. You know, 5%, 4% of the population in high school. Uh, in 2020, it is one out of three uh, wow. of teenagers struggle with some form of mental illness. So it's definitely, definitely um, the times have changed. What worked for us is not going to work for our kids. Uh, when I, when I was feeling sad, my dad said, well, you need to get a tall glass of water go outside, do some hard work and stop watching saved by the bell. Right. That was, (laughs) that was the advice I got and it worked. It worked. Right. But (laughs) it's not, it's not going to work today. Um, these kids need to see, uh, a professional, uh, uh, a doctor, a counselor, whoever it is to help them through these, this issue. Cause it's different. Uh, the, the times have changed. And uh, I had a dad come up to me once and he said, I totally disagree with you. They just need to work harder. And I, I, I was really bold with him. I said, well, I'd agree with you, but then we'd both be wrong uh, because that's not what they <laughs> need. Um, times have changed and it's, you've got to, you've got to be able to take a teenager into, you know, be safe enough with yourself, secure enough with your own family and say, let's get you to somebody uh, who can really help you. And I'll, I'll be there with you every step of the way. Okay.
1: Um, I love that you said that because I think oftentimes as parents, we, my husband and I were just discussing this with, with our oldest in high school. And we're saying, well, you know, sometimes going through those hard things is so character building. And it is those, you know, the opposition that you face as you get older is so good. But also we, as parents need to stop thinking that, The temptations, the hardships, whatever's going on in high school or middle school today is what we went through. Right. Because it is not.
2: It is not. not.
1: And we need to stop thinking that it is because then we think we have the answer and Mm -hmm. the answers don't work. It's a totally different scenario.
2: It's like looking at someone who says, I can't see very well. And so you take your glasses and say, well, these work for me put them on right right? and they're like that Mm -hmm. didn't help you're going it should help because it worked for me uh it's a it's a completely different prescription they need uh than than what than what you have so we so me and this girl we talked about that for a while and she was talking to her parents which i was very happy about and a doctor and a therapist so then we got to her diet and it was one of the funniest conversations i've ever had i said tell me about your diet since you came to college and she's like oh Uh, Dr. Smith, I just don't have time to eat. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, honestly, I said, what do you usually eat? And she said, well, I have a diet Mountain Dew for breakfast a diet Mountain Dew for lunch and ramen. She said, I have ramen mostly top ramen for dinner. (laughs) And I said, how long you been doing this? She's like, I don't know a month or so. And (laughs) I, her name was, um, Shelby. I said, Shelby, where do you think your brain gets all of its energy from to create happy chemicals and stuff? And it was one of the funniest moments. She said, I don't know, the sun. And I was like, no, um, you're not a plant. (laughs) Uh, She did not realize that her brain only has fuel from one thing, what she eats and drinks, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Ding dongs and a Mountain Dew are not going to do it for your brain. Now, every once in a while, there's no problem with stopping at McDonald's, right? But if you are just giving your brain Diet Coke, it's going to have impact. Uh, mm-hmm. After a while, your brain just can't survive on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, exercise Such and have know. a healthy diet. Doesn't mean that you got to change. You know, some people hear me say that and they're like, well, great, I never can touch ice cream. No, that's not what this is about. Try adding more healthy things to your diet. Uh, you know, add a, you know, what is it they say in, I think they say it in England, right? It's five to stay alive, nine is divine, uh, right? This idea of nine servings of fruits and vegetables every day, add that to mm-hmm. your diet and see if it doesn't have impact after a while. All right, let's keep going, because I could talk about these forever. Number 10, um, happy people go outside. It sounds like, uh, Becky Proudfit, uh, you you do this a lot. Happy people spend
1: time outside.
2: It's, it's, It's so important, yet people forget to do it. Um, one of my favorite studies mm-hmm. was they asked people, how much time do you think you spend outside every day? Most people said, oh, about an hour. Uh, and then they said, will you please track it? We'll pay you a certain amount of money. You know, mm-hmm. we'll give you an Amazon gift card or something. If you'll just track your time yeah. outside for two weeks. Guess what the average was? It was 11 oh, minutes gosh. that people oh, spend outside. Wow. 11 Yikes. minutes. Well, why did they think they were spending so much time outside? It's because they spend a the time either driving outside or looking outside. Yes. So we go in the kitchen and we look outside And we think, oh, that looks nice. Then we get in our car, which is in a garage, and we drive to work. And probably our first time outside is our walk from the car to the office, which for some people is all of 25 seconds, right? Then have you ever stayed inside all day? Nine to, you know, nine to five or whatever. You stay in the office all day. You go back to the car. So now you've been outside for 50 seconds. Maybe you stop at the grocery store. So the walk in and walk out adds another, you know minute of date of outside, then you drive into your garage and you go inside and you don't come out for the rest of the day. How much time did you spend outside a whole two minutes? You actually spent right. outside. Um, and now one day of that, that's not going to be a problem, but can you see how that's going to have impact over a while? Because nature is very restorative. There's something very healing about nature, mm-hmm. spending time in nature. I think one part yep. is that nature is so accepting. You don't have to look a certain way. You don't have to, you know, have a certain, yeah. you don't have to make a certain amount of money. Nature will accept you as As you are and kind of restore you. Um, it's funny that people will go to Disneyland and they'll say it's the happiest place on earth. And they don't realize they just paid $110 per person to spend time outside. Uh, (laughs) right. Uh, because they were, it was spending time outside and having in-person conversations, right. That all of a sudden Mm -hmm. my family and I went camping last week and uh, my kids were just on fire with happiness and they couldn't figure out why. They're like, I really like camping. And then they're like, wait, I'm not comfortable. I'm dirty. I hate this. Why am I so mm-hmm. happy? And it's, it's yep. the, the power of nature. Uh, in fact, I've read studies on people healing from surgery. And if they take them outside, they, have, uh, they spend less time in the hospital. They need less med- mm-hmm. medication. They have less complications. Uh, it's, it's something about nature. So really what the research says is get outside every day for 20 consecutive minutes. If, if it's, you know, go eat outside. I don't know if you have a little uh, place that you can eat dinner outside where you guys are, mm-hmm. but uh, eat, eat outside a couple of times and see if that doesn't have impact. Or, um, you know, if you're gonna be on your phone, you know, for the next half hour, go sit on the porch. Uh, and, and, you know, whatever it is, get up, get a porch swing. Well, I don't care. Whatever it is, spend time outside. And after a while, it is going to make a big difference in, in your life. All right. Number 11. And I know that your listeners are going to need this happy people get enough sleep. Uh, this, this is so important yet. It's the number one of the number one things that people cut out of their lives Get yep. enough sleep, uh, especially moms. Oh, yes. Especially mm-hmm. moms. Um, you know, uh, the people who, uh, according to research, the people who get the best sleep in the house are anyone who's under two years old. We seem to be pretty careful about that right? We're like, Oh, they're getting ornery. They need to, you know, you didn't have your nap today. You need to get to sleep. We're pretty good about infants getting enough sleep, but somewhere around two or three years old, we're like, you're on your own. Uh, right. (laughs) And yet here are teenagers that likely need nine to 10 hours of sleep who are getting six to seven hours of sleep. Now, Mm -hmm. one night of that, that's not going to be a problem, but can you see after a month of six to seven hours of sleep when your brain needs nine and you're going, why is my teenager so unhappy? Well, just get them to bed. Uh, now, yeah. most teenagers listening, if or if their mom is listening, they're not going to be happy with me. But if your <laughs> brain needs to fall asleep around eleven, what time do lights, light stimulation need to stop? Around nine thirty. That means that uh, if you want to fall asleep around eleven, you've got to turn your phone off, TVs off, any sort of screen off, any sort of light stimulation. 90 to 60 minutes, 60 to 90 minutes before you go to sleep. And this goes for mom and dad too. You know, sometimes mom and dad are like, oh, the kids are asleep. Let's watch Netflix. Right. And, and so they yep. sit down to watch their show and pretty soon it's 1130. Sometimes our brains give out on us. I've asked teenagers before, how many of you have, you know, dropped your phone on your face uh, because you fell asleep. You were holding your phone in front of you mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. dropped it. And right. One girl said it was an iPad, uh, right? You imagine, <laughs> right? It just knocked
1: my tooth out. <laughs>
2: yeah, you've got to get enough sleep. It is, and I know I'm talking about something so simple here, but sometimes moms are like, "I can get one more thing done. I can get one more thing done, right? I can totally. get, the, I can get the laundry done. I can get the dishes done. I can get it all done, and pretty soon it's one in the morning, and you're ironing the fridge, right? I can just get <laughs> one more thing done. I just got to get it done. When Sometimes, and I know I'm not a mom. And so I I don't have a right to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway, because I don't have a mom to say it for me right here. Uh, Sometimes your kids are going to have to, you're going to have to choose. Do your kids need a clean house or a happy mom? Uh, Because you've got to choose. Um, and I think they want a happy mom. I don't think they're going to look back in life going, my mom was unhappy, but wow, our house was clean, right? Like I'm so lucky. I think they're going to say our house was a disaster, but my mom was so happy. Right. Mm. Uh, and it's okay to just go to bed. Um, we're so good. Usually moms are really good about waking up. They've got to wake up at a certain time. And most moms wake up because they got to, right. Uh, because if not the kids are going to you know, kill each other. So I got to be awake. mm -hmm. Uh, but what about going to bed on time? Set an alarm to go to bed on time. And when that alarm goes off, just like you get up, go to bed. When that alarm goes off at whatever, 11 o'clock, go to bed, uh, and say it it takes just as much self control and discipline to go to bed on time as it does to wake up on time Uh, and just say to yourself, Mm -hmm. I need this. I need this to be happy. I need this to, to feel good about life. Cause sometimes if, how many of us have ever been at, you know, the store at one in the morning, see a kid bawling. And we're like, that kid just needs sleep. How many of us have ever thought that, right? How many times I'm like, that kid just needs to go to bed. Well, how come we don't think that's way about ourselves, right? When I'm going, I don't feel good. Why am I, why am I crying so quick, right? Why am so, why am I so angry? You're not getting enough sleep. You're a toddler who needs more sleep. So how do you tell if you're getting enough sleep? Cause everybody's different. Uh, just take a Saturday or a Sunday and don't set an alarm. If you wake up at your usual time, you're getting enough sleep. Uh, your body just will wake up at the usual time. If you don't set an alarm and you sleep till noon, you are not getting enough sleep. There is an, there is a problem. So time to get enough oh, sleep. Dear. All right. Yeah, that's okay. A great, oh, the dear, last water, one, yeah. the last one I love, um, and it's mostly cause I, 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 I didn't, this wasn't done by any church. Uh, You know, these studies are just done by social scientists, Um, but happy people uh, meditate and pray. Um, So uh, it doesn't have to be a religious thing. Sometimes we we think religious and spiritual are the same things, and they're not. You can be religious and not be spiritual, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So this idea of meditation is uh, just sitting still, For a few minutes, and letting your mind just kind of focus in on a single idea or thought—that's meditation. When I first read it, I thought, "Well, I got to sit in a room and balance on one finger and light a bunch of candles." But that's not what you have to do. (laughs) You just have to sit still. Now, if you if you sit still and fall asleep, go back to number eleven because you're not ready for (laughs) meditation yet. Uh, But meditation will. They'll, they'll take people, you guys, some people will do this. They'll sit in a comfortable position for 90 minutes a day, 90 minutes. They'll sit there and think on a single thought. Guess what happens to the left side of their brain, the happiness center of their brain. It lights up incredibly, right? Um, it, they'll take, there's these, uh, I've read about these Tibetan monks uh, who meditate hours a day uh, and their happiness levels are off the charts, compared to compared to the average person. Why it's, there's something about meditation that's kind of built into us. I think though, I think God built this into us and he's always telling us, right. Pray always be still, right. Stop Mm -hmm. for a second, ponder, search, ponder, Mm -hmm. pray. Right. Uh, so I would tell your listeners, uh, you know it's very difficult as a mom to find a quiet moment some moms have to like go into the garage right uh, and, and kids are bathroom. where's mom where's mom I can't find her <laughs> right uh, but they'll go into the garage for five minutes and they'll just sit for a second and just ponder just focus and breathe, focus on your breathing. I always tell people to focus on their breathing because you, you won't be in the past or the future because you can't breathe in the past and you can't breathe for the future, right? So if you're Mm -hmm. focusing on your breathing, you're present, you're in the present moment, try it for five minutes. Something is going to happen. It will have an incredible impact on your happiness. All right. So we've talked about these 12 things that make people incredibly happy, these 12 brushstrokes. And some people are going to say, I'm going to do them all. I'm going to start doing them all. And that just really means you're not going to do any. So really what you need to do is focus on one or two, um, mm-hmm. incorporate that into your life. Give it a couple of weeks where it's, you know, cause it takes, it takes some effort to incorporate things into your life, right? New things into your life. They'll, they'll quickly fall out. We're a lot like rubber bands. We go to stretch mm-hmm. and then usually we just go back to what we were doing before. Uh, right. so it takes a while to keep that, that, that new shape. So choose one or two. Um, and you get to choose it. You don't get to choose for someone else. You need to exercise. No, you don't do that. It's, I'm going to choose for myself something to do for two or three weeks. I'm going to put some signs up, right? So I can always remember, I maybe get a new piece of jewelry that will remind me, whatever it is. Uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to give this two or three weeks and then I'm going to add another one into, into my life. And pretty soon what's going to happen is someone's going to say to you, what are you doing lately? You just seem so so much happier right? And you go, Mm -hmm. really? Well, I have been focusing on getting more sleep. Uh, They'll say, whatever you're doing, it's working. Uh, And your spouse will say, you know, you've just been so happy lately. I love it. Or your kids will say, where's our mom? Where's, you know, what have you done with our real mom? Like, why are you so happy? Uh, Because this will have impact. So what what are you two going to do? That's going to be the question. You two get to decide one thing that you're going to do for the next two to three weeks.
1: I Which know mine w- right now. Okay. Without fail. I need to get more sleep.
2: All right. Why? Yeah, what, what What keeps you awake?
1: I'm just going to give you an example. Um, so part of the, the podcast and some of the work that I do is I'm on social media and it is, I'm a writer and it is very, very, very hard for me to find time. Um, Cause I need to kind of be in my own head space. to be in so the with zone, four yep. kids, I have to get in the zone it's been very hard to find a zone. Thank you, COVID. Um, and so I usually, after they go to bed, I will stay up for an hour or two. And for instance, the other night, um, uh, we were getting a lot of input about uh, sex trafficking through under Operation Underground Railroad. And so I was kind of mulling over all that and the work we do with them. And then naturally, I was like, okay, I need to put something on that's going to like put me to sleep. So naturally, I watched the documentary Blackfish about the orca whales at in Orlando that were killing trainers. So I just go down these, like these spirals of like worrying so and right. Yes. Yeah, you know, right? So when <laughs> right. you said the other day, cause uh, actually yesterday we did not set an alarm, which never happens. And I swear I slept till like 11 a.m. Mm-hmm. which is not my normal get up time. So when you said yeah. that, I'm like, dang it.
2: Your body yeah. is begging sleep. you. Yeah, your body <laughs> yes. is begging you to get more sleep. It's just like, please, yes. please. I, I, you know, mm-hmm. I've done this before, which i it's kind of funny, but try it. When you wake up and you're thinking to yourself that moment of, well, I need more sleep. Uh, make a video, <laughs> make a video mm-hmm. that says future me of tonight, please <laughs> go to bed. I know you're going to want to stay up and watch the documentary, but I am begging you, please go to bed. Then set an alarm that says, watch video like at 10:30 yes go back to the video and you'll see you from this morning saying I'm begging you please go to bed go right to bed. and you'll think oh I am gonna feel that way in the morning again because for some yes. reason we don't think we're gonna feel that way tomorrow morning right I'll be fine I'll be fine I don't need them I can work on four hours I've done it before yeah because uh, we
1: push through and I think particularly as moms that early phase of parenthood teaches you to push through with very very little sleep right. so when I'm getting like you know five hours or six hours it feels like a full night's rest because I remember when I was getting two hours, and I still was doing you, all the. Yeah, things. you're
2: like I was doing yeah. okay when we had twins. Yeah. My wife and I look back and we're like, I don't even remember <laughs> those two years, right? Like, oh, I, I'm sure I I can't. Mm-hmm. So we'll watch a movie and we'll think both of us are going. I swear we've watched this before. We don't remember. I mean, our brains were yep. not doing well. Uh, there's a reason that yeah. they, you know that. Uh, sleep deprivation is a form of torture, right? Uh, so you're, I think Becky, your body is begging you to get enough sleep. And once it does, you'll see things, you'll actually be a better writer. You'll be a faster writer. Uh, Mm. when you get enough sleep, it's fascinating how that works. You think I don't have time, but you will have time, uh, because you're just going to be more efficient that way. All right. Becky Higgins i Okay. Do do?
0: All right. Short and sweet, in the interest of time and and being protective of your time, Hank. Um, I just am going to work on more in-person conversations. Yep. I feel I feel like a very happy person. I feel like I'm doing really well, actually, on a lot of this list. But in-person conversation, thank you, COVID, has definitely be been lower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In, real life. And yeah, it's totally possible. And thankfully I have family. I have a husband and children that I spend time with every single day and have that face-to-face connection. Mm -hmm. But Becky and I and Carrie and Wendy, our little BH team just went to lunch the other day. And oh, how long did we want to stay there? Right. Like that in-person reconnecting with our friends and people that we love and adore and respect. There's just nothing like it. And I want, I crave more of that. And so that's where I'm going to make my effort.
2: Oh, that is beautiful. And think about the teenagers in your life who they just don't have conversations. Uh, and it's not their fault, right? We're the ones that we're the adults yeah. that handed them these devices. We're like, here you go. Here's your, here's your mm-hmm. devices. And now we're thinking, you know, now we're trying to figure out ways to get them off these things that we created. Uh, it's not their fault. So, uh, last night my, my daughter and son and I were driving home from Salt Lake from our little uh, speaking event and they wanted to put their headphones in. Uh, one wanted to listen Mm -hmm. to a book, the other wanted to listen to music. And I said, no, 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 no. Uh, we're going to talk. No Dad, I don't want to talk. I'm like, no, 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 we're going to try We're going to play a little game here. We had a 40 minute drive. I said, let's play a a little game called what's your favorite. And so I would say, what's your favorite restaurant Mason? And he tells me Maddie, what's yours. And then I would give up mine and it started and they finally were like, okay, okay. And my son was like, Oh, do another one, do another one, do another question, do Mm -hmm. another question. And we talked for 45 minutes, just about our favorite things. And it to other topics and things, but I would always come back to what's your favorite dream vacation. Give me your favorite hobby. Give me whatever I could think of. Right. Anything I saw. Right. And I, I think we all came. We all pulled into the garage feeling fantastic. We felt like we'd connected like, you know, we had a better relationship uh, and uh, they didn't want to do it at first. Right. They were Mm -hmm. like, no, no, no. But they, they need that connection just as much as everybody else. And you know, sometimes moms and dads, you're going to have to talk about what the kid wants to talk about. What's your favorite app. Agree. What's your favorite video game? Sometimes they don't want mm-hmm. to tell you their favorite scripture story or their favorite thing about Jesus, right? They want to, they want to talk <laughs> about, yeah. What you know, what's your favorite meme? What's your favorite, you know, mm. cat video? Oh, the one where, you know, whatever. And, and then, you know, you maybe can squeeze in some of those other things, but if you, you got to yeah. say, you know, that's how I started, what's your favorite food? your favorite friend. They're like, Oh, that's so hard. My favorite friend. I'm like, yep. You got to choose it. You get one person to choose. Well, it's Austin and Kyle. No, no, no. You got to choose between Austin and Kyle. Go ahead. Right. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and they're like, Oh, well, Austin. okay. Okay. I, you know, and it was fun to just have that in-person conversation and connect. Uh, you guys, I have like 40 more hours of content, so you're going to have to bring me back. You're going to have to bring me back one day
0: it's uh, a plan to it talk about happiness
2: again, because I would love to do well, it. Well,
0: Hank, we just appreciate you so much bringing to light the things that we need to hear as a society, as a mm-hmm. people, as individuals. Happiness is so crucial, and thank you for enlightening us with these insights that you have spent years thinking about, studying, speaking about sharing. So it just has meant the world to us. And I feel happier just listening and thinking about how that personal application will work in my life. And I really believe that every listener is doing the same. Oh, so for sure. oh, thank you're you. You're so very kind. Much.
2: Thank you. Yeah. And I would love to hear from anybody who wants to, you know, I'm on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. So uh, come find me and, and let me know uh, if it worked for you right? Because that's, that's, I love to hear success stories, people saying, so I I got my happy playlist and I've done it, you know, an hour a day for a month Mm -hmm. and I really feel good. Like it's really made a difference. Uh, And I, you know, hearing that just kind of, little fist pump in the air. Like, yes, yes. You know, it's, it's totally, you'd love to, you,
0: you mentioned Instagram where people can connect with you. Where's the best place that you recommend people finding your books and other media, your CDs? Uh,
2: Oh yeah. Um, I, you know, I just, I, all my stuff's on Amazon. I usually tell people, if you're in Utah, you can go to the thrift store. Uh, I think I have my own, (laughs) I have my own shelf there. Uh, you know, yes. <laughs> but if you're not, if you're not in Utah, then you'll probably, yeah, just go to Amazon, just look up Hank Smith and, Perfect. Uh, and that, yeah, that would be, it's really nice to hear that. That people like what you do, right? Uh, Absolutely
1: you just you guys, keep at it. You keep at it because man, we just love your work so much. You can't produce work fast enough. And I for definitely our
0: encourage our listeners to follow you, Hank, on Instagram. Absolutely so is so so encouraging and great yes. thoughts. Yeah. His
1: his Instagram is not Hank Smith, it's Hank R Smith. Yep, Hank, Hank um R. Smith. so just so you know, because if you go to Hank, I actually tagged you. 'Cause I realized we had a bun we have all your C's, but we, we had like triplicates of them, so I gave away like sets of our extras Aww. and I tagged Hank Smith. <laughs> oh oh notch I wonder who
2: that is, okay. that poor soul. I know. Yeah, yeah that poor soul. <laughs> I'll have to look him up and say hey. You're welcome thanks, Hank Smith. You know, yeah.
0: <laughs> yes. Anyway, it's Hank R. Smith yes. on Instagram. Well, you guys connect with Hank for sure on social media. Drop him a note when you, you know, have something to share with him, especially I with love the impact that. that he's had on you. I think that would be meaningful. And Hank, thank you again for your time. And I, I also want to give a special shout out to my brother, Kevin, who's been here with us. Yes, Kevin. Who, you can't hear his voice. He's rolling his eyes at me at this moment. <laughs> and shaking his head. He's been yeah. our, he's, Making a funny face. he's been our
2: tech crew <laughs> yeah. this whole time. Yep.
0: He is our tech crew every single day. Yes. And and I'm so grateful that Kevin has helped to make this episode possible. So thanks to both of you. And friends, thank you for carving out the time to listen and for joining us in this continued conversation about cultivating a good life. Nothing we have said is more important than the specific things you have felt that are personal for you. We invite you to write down those promptings and most importantly, act on them. We love you. Hank loves you. We're cheering you on and we look forward to being with you next week. Bye-bye. Bye, guys.
1: so picky about audio. So fun fact, when
0: we recorded with David Butler, the microphone was backwards for for David. We've never done that with a guest ever, 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 ever. Like ever. Yeah. So that was fun. So Kevin, Kevin had to help us troubleshoot that one and it turned out great, but oh my gosh, we were like, seriously, what is happening? You would think that we haven't done this for quite a while and here we are. So Kevin, thank you for being like our tech support to make this happen. And Hank, holy cow, thank you.
1: Yes. That was awesome.